Hello and welcome to the Trauma Informed Podcast with your host, Jeff Friedman. On today's show, we have David Rodriguez, a healer from Hollywood, Florida. Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is David Rodriguez. Um, I'm from uh, Hollywood, Florida. Uh, I came from a background of sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, mental abuse from parents, from um different family members, um, and now I'm, I teach meditation, I teach yoga, I do a workshop called uh, The Art of the Human Connection, uh, essentially targeting people who have gone through trauma to allow them to feel different emotions that they haven't been allowing themselves to feel. Um, I also teach how to have an out-of-body experience, astral travel without the use of drugs or hallucinogens. Um, I do uh, Reiki Level 2 as well. Um, and uh, I do a lot of stuff in the dream world, uh, dream time. Um, oh, David, also, um, most of the guests, I'd like to ask them uh, uh, a particular quote that inspires their work with trauma. Is there any uh, particular quote that comes to mind that uh, that inspires you? Um, I don't have any particular quote in, in mind, but essentially what trauma is, is holding on to a past experience and not knowing how to actually feel that feeling that you felt during the time that it was happening. So you hold on to the past judgment of how it was. Um, and the best way to overcome that is to face it, um, do some type of work where you see yourself in the past and you address it however it may be. Usually through guided meditation, I feel, is the best way where you face a, a younger version of yourself and you, you comfort yourself. Well, David, can you talk a little bit about the story that uh, of, of experience abuse and, and your background growing up, and how you um, the story about how you discovered meditation and other healing uh, arts? Sure. Um, when I was eighteen, I, I well, I mean, all throughout high school, I was picked on, so I, I, I played video games and I, I read a lot of books about um, meditation. But as I was reading it, I never understood any of it, so I just put it in the back burner. And then once I graduated high school, I went into college and did not practice any yoga or any meditation. It wasn't until I turned 30 uh, where I went through a depression from a breakup. And from that breakup, I heard a voice in my mind telling me to start meditating. So I meditated for about three days, uh, very shortly, for like five, ten minutes a day. And on the third day... I heard the word pop in my mind, Reiki, and I asked myself, what, what is that? So I Googled it, and it was a form of energy healing, and I found a Reiki master in local to where I am, and I started learning the arts of energy and, and how it pertains to the body, and I just became immersed in it, and I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could, and, and then I started remembering all the different books that I read in the past, and those memories started coming back, too. And I realized that there's a lot more to this reality that we think than what we're taught in school and what we're taught from our parents. <clears throat> what uh, what were some of the books that you were reading at the time? Uh, Celestine Prophecy is one of them, which is amazing. Um, another one is The Power, uh, The Secret, uh, when I was younger, right. uh, The Power of Now. Um, and those are just books that I read, and I was like, oh, these are cool concepts. I didn't really think of anything of it and then there was another one it was a movie that i saw about water and at the time i was like wow that's really cool if that was real 
Um, it's the what the bleep do we know? Yeah, I've seen um, that one. It's, it's yeah, definitely a powerful one. Yeah, and uh, just different books like that. I also what did I what else did I read recently? Um, recently, I read the Emerald Tablets of Toth, which are amazing. I'll check that out. Um, that's all I can really think of at this moment, as far as the books that I read in the past. And uh, how long have, uh, how did you get um, or de- develop these, uh, the intimacy connection workshops? How did that come about? It came about because I was in a relationship with another ex after that the depression that set me on the path of yoga and meditation. And it was my first real conscious relationship, meaning uh, where both parties owned different emotions they were feeling instead of projecting and being a victim and, and blaming it on another person. Uh, taking ownership of the feeling, um, so it was very, it was a very profound connection with me with, and this woman, um, and we broke up about seven months ago. And during that time, it's been very uh, difficult in my own uh, reality of detaching from how, how how deep of a connection I had with her. So last month. Uh, her and I, uh, we see each other very regularly because she's part of a lot of different groups that I go to, but uh, we work together on an art project, and we spent 13 hours together, and then after that, uh, we uh, presented the art piece at a festival, and all these emotions, all these feelings came back, and basically, I ended up going home, crying, and getting to the point where I... Uh, I'm sure some of you have done this is when you get to, you, you feel the amount of emotion that pops in the, in the body and it makes you kind of like purge, like throw up. Right. Uh, I, I actually got to that point and I literally threw up from the emotion that I was feeling. But it was similar to like an ayahuasca. If anyone has ever done ayahuasca, that's right. That's something that I've been interested in. I've never experienced it, but I've uh, I, I mean I hear about it all the time now. All the the remarkable uh, transformations people have had after uh, doing the ceremony. Yeah, it's very profound and powerful. So like in it, like I was imagining being in an ayahuasca trip, and I was hunched over the toilet. And essentially, as I was throwing up, I was remembering, I was bringing all the emotion, all the all the different strings, all the different attachments that I had to her coming up out of me and going into the toilet. And the moment I did that, I felt so amazing. And so after that, I went into my bed and I did a 45-minute breath work, which is essentially um, a certain type of breath where you inhale and exhale uh, to bring a certain feeling and to clear out any energetic blockages. And during that time, after I finished, I had visualization of um, a cuddling workshop. Um, I saw people cuddling and, and holding each other and and different uh, modalities that I've actually learned through my different uh, workshops that I've taken um, and placing them all into one specific workshop that deals with the human connection and getting people past the, the emotional trauma uh, of not not thinking that you're worthy of physical touch or, or not thinking... Um, just essentially just allowing the physical touch to, to come in play because there's so many people nowadays that don't allow themselves to be touched and it's it doesn't have to be a sexual thing it could just be a comforting thing and I really wish during those seven months I had a friend that came over and just like held me and made me feel made me feel comforted and, and safe but I had to do that on my own um, so that's one of the other reasons is that I, I do the workshop for myself because I understand how that feels for people 
people right. that don't feel like they're wanted or, or loved or cared for. I mean, I think one of the, one of the real nice things about it is there's that sort of uh, you know provides a sense of that intimacy in, in a community kind of atmosphere, which is unique yep. and, and it's uh, very uh, needed and powerful. And especially here in South Florida, I find that it's uh, you know that, that there's so much lust and sexuality everywhere, but there's not a whole lot of genuine good intimacy i find and i feel also the sexuality is very uh it's always attached to money and it's about selling products or people selling their own selves and it's not you know it's not the type of uh genuine kind of intimacy that's nourishing that's really sustaining so i wonder what your thoughts on that are i agree i mean miami has that type of uh, that type of feel people are more egotistical or, or materialistic in a way um, right. And it's, under, it's understandable because, I mean, that's that's what we watch on TV. We we're programmed that way. Um, right. We're now doing a paradigm shift where we're starting to come into a, a new state of awareness of understanding that it doesn't have to be that way. So myself and many others that are doing this, this type of work, we're, we're setting the example that you, it doesn't have to be how it's been. Um, and just kind of being like that, that pillar of light uh, right. At the end of the tunnel, to let people know, hey, there's people that that don't want anything from you aside from just uh, supporting you with whatever feeling that you're going through. And, and that's another piece of it too, which uh, is that especially people that have experienced trauma, there's this this concept that they're uh, that the the primitive part of their brain and nervous system is sort of on hyper alert and is always uh, uh, evaluating threats in the environment. And I think. Um, and especially being in, in Miami, that I feel people are generally from I'm from the Philadelphia area, and just comparing it to the East Coast, and I feel people are much more on guard here, especially in regarding to intimacy than other parts of the country and the world. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, one of the things that I do notice uh, that a lot of people with trauma uh, experience is one of the things I believe is we create our reality based right. on how we feel and what we think. So if you come from a state of mind where you'll have to constantly protect yourself and constantly be on guard, you're going to create scenarios and environments that you're going to have to do that. You're going to have to be like that. The moment right. where you allow yourself to be free and, and trust in the process and trust the person that you're going to be with or trust a, a friend, you allow a portion of yourself to be like, okay, I'm going to create my reality in this way and things are going to go great. But if you have that in the back of your mind that you're going to be fearful because of a past experience that you've had, you're going to recreate that for yourself, and you're going to keep creating it over and over and over until you learn the lesson. That's right. how lessons are learned. I, I agree with you, but but the thing I think about sometimes with trauma is that it's it's often uh, this kind of stuff isn't conscious, and it's uh, in that like I said, the primitive part of the the, the or the the part of us that comes from reptiles and animals, they call it the reptilian brain often. It's just not, it's not necessarily mediated by the conscious thought. Mm -hmm. It can become conscious, but it's sometimes it's not always, um, you know, it's not always in the conscious awareness. This is true. So what ends up having to happen is you create teachers who have experienced the same thing, but who now have healed that aspect of themselves and they could hold space for other people. Right. to step into the new version of themselves. Uh, 
which is why, like, there's therapists and, and different things like that. But even nowadays, I feel that some therapists haven't even healed certain aspects of things. So it's difficult That's for them true. to hold the space. And they, I feel like sometimes they, they judge on what, what you're saying or what you've experienced because of their own past traumas that they haven't gone through yet. Yeah, I believe this, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's a physician and spiritual teacher, uh, Gabor Mate, and he talks about, I think he said this, that uh, basically you can only take someone as far as you've gone yourself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I call it holding space for someone, because right. if you've gone through it and you've healed it, you're able to hold that space without judgment. Sure. And then, if, I mean, uh, I, I really... Um, well, at the last workshop that I attended of yours on Tuesday, that uh, I really saw some people really, it seemed like they really had some, uh, um, yeah, a few people really seemed they had a real transformative experience for them. Yeah, and like when I when I see that, I get really, really touched because realistically every person is a, is a reflection of who I am. Right. So as I provide these workshops for people and they allow themselves to step into the new version of themselves and heal themselves. I'm healing myself because there are aspects of me and it just, it feels so good. Like I feel like tingly sensations when, when, uh, when I read like their, their feedback and testimonials, different things like that, that they've experienced. And it, it keeps me pushing forward because I'm like, wow, I, before I used to think like I wasn't making a difference. Right. Um, but now I see that the difference is, is definitely being made uh, towards the, the positive aspect of things, and I'm going to keep pushing this forward and see how see how far I can take it. And anything new that's going to be added to the the workshop um, tonight in Miami? Anything different or the same? Um, it's going to be the same, but it's actually going to be a little bit more condensed because I have to push it into two hours. Um, uh -huh. Last on Tuesday we did it. Uh, it was supposed to be two hours, but we we pushed it to three hours. Right. Um, going forward on the new workshops, it's going to be three hours because I realize there's a lot of there's a lot of different exercises that have to be pushed into it um, right. because it it kind of opens the door to allowing people to be okay with having another person hold them. So you have to like warm them up into that. Um, so where, where if you could talk a little bit about how you uh, where well, other teachers that you you picked up some of those uh, exercises from. Yeah, um, I did a yoga teacher training. I, I love yoga, which is off Griffin Road. Um, the teachers' names are, are Moses and um, Zena. Um, it was a 200-hour teacher training, they, and we did a couple human connection um, exercises. Which uh, one of them was the phone exercise, where yeah, that's, that's people, a really uh, clever one. I like that. Enjoy that one. Yeah, it's, it puts a huge perspective on how how much that we don't pay attention when we're on our phones. Um, so that one I picked up from them. Um, there's a, a tribe called the Maui tribe um, that puts their foreheads together, uh, and that's how they greet each other. In the so New Zealand tribe, Ma Maori. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that when they greet each other, they touch their foreheads together. So I thought, how amazing would it be to connect foreheads together and, and kind of do a little guided meditation on having two people connect in that way, and then for a longer period of time. Yeah, with that one, I really felt like I could feel some of the vibrational energy uh, in that that exercise. Oh yeah, there's there's a lot that you can do. It's it's essentially a form of tantra. Um, tantra teaches a lot of different ways to connect energetically, like that too. Um, 
the heart-to-heart one where you have both parties put their hands on each other's hearts. I learned that one from my ex, uh, where we would have uh, certain times throughout the the week where we want to get things off our chest and we just want to speak our mind. So right. we would create safe space and we would have heart-to-heart and we would look in each other's eyes without looking away and we would speak what we what we want to speak or how we felt a certain way. Like if another person, if if I made her feel a certain way or if she made me feel a certain way, that we can talk it over there in that safe space. Um, that was another one. Um, yeah, that one reminded me a little bit of if you ever heard of Imago therapy. It seemed a little bit, had a little bit of a flavor. It reminded me of that a little bit. I'm not sure of that one. Uh, maybe she picked that, that up from there, but that's that's where I picked yeah, it up. Yeah, well, I don't remember. I didn't do the heart thing, but it was just that type of uh, uh, dialogue, the, the the exchange. It's like the one person shares and the other one listens and then without interrupting and that type of thing. Oh, uh, okay. Um and then um, the eye stare meditation was just something that I practiced with my, my Reiki master. Uh, she would introduce it in her, her Reiki sessions. And then that in itself started picking up all around South Florida. Like there's now eye stare, uh, eye gazing um, events that, that come up. Sometimes I go by myself and I go to different locations and I hold a sign up and asking people to just have a moment, like a minute or two of uh, eye-gazing contact with one another to connect with one another. Um, and then the cuddling one, like the actual holding another person, for a long time, even when I was dating my ex, I thought that cuddling was merely an intimate thing where you only do it with a significant other. And uh, I never understood that you don't have to make it a sexual thing, that it can be just a, a, a tool to support someone else that's going through something, like a traumatizing thing. Right. Um and it wasn't until I broke up with her that I realized that. Um, and that's one of the key aspects of the, the workshop that I teach now um, because I read so many articles that cuddling reduces depression, it releases oxytocin, right. um, it, it reduces stress. And there's also companies out there who provide, uh, like they they have these cuddling companies that you pay people to come to your house or you go to a place and you cuddle with them, and you pay them a certain amount of money uh, for hour for an hour or so. So I thought that was that was funny that we as a society have gotten to that point where we are paying for physical affection. And I'm right. just like, wow, that's kind of that's kind of ridiculous. And it goes it just goes to show how far away, how how separate we're creating ourselves, how separate we're becoming. Well, that, no, that's true. But no, but if you think about it, we've been paying for. Um physical affection uh, for many years in other ways like uh, I mean massage you could say is, is it's not you know directly like the cuddling but uh, or uh, even I remember reading this book that was talking about that even like uh, like getting your hair cut and stuff that you you uh, uh, the grooming aspect and that stuff that are, that would release oxytocin and provide some of that benefit in more you know smaller ways I think we've been doing it for years without really realizing it. That's true, too. So, I mean, essentially, humans just crave physical affection. I read something about babies when they're born. If they don't have any physical affection within, I think, like 15 minutes of of being born, that they they pass on, that they they don't stay with us. Yeah, I mean, there was a study, a famous one that they did that they gave, like... um, 
they gave like a um, one like a cloth baby and one a like a wire baby to hold on to and the one I forget what they but they basically showed the soft warm um, one provided a lot more benefit than the 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 uh, yeah I mean there's a lot of if you don't get the proper physical connection as a kid it, you know you have a whole a lot of uh, negative health consequences. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it pertains to uh, the father and the mother, too. If you don't get affection from a certain uh, parental figure, it affects you later down the line as well that we right. don't even realize. Um, you know, I was also, have you been to other um, cuddling workshops um, around town besides the ones you uh, provide? No, I've never been to a cuddling workshop before. Yeah. But I was seeing like uh, I don't know if you ever watched the Flight of the Concords. You ever watched that? Uh, no. I remember they had a funny uh, skit where they went to one of the comedians. They went to some cuddling workshop. But I saw they were they were showing another. I forget it was in, I think another country, and they had these like sort of like a tent with like a bunch of beds scattered around, and they did it in that kind of a space, which just seemed pretty interesting. Well, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how other. Uh, workshops facilitate it. I wonder if they just go directly into cuddling or if they, they kind of do like how I do it where you create certain exercises before you get to that point. Yeah, no, I think it was really a beneficial way you, uh, you know, you had the nice progressions uh, leading up to it. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, also, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of this other guy, Neil Strauss, that he, uh, have you ever heard of him? Um, He's a, a journalist. Hello? Hello? I thought I lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Oh. Yep. Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, there's I a have journalist. Have you, have you ever heard of him, Neil Strauss? Yep, I have. Okay. He wrote the book, The Game, but he has this new book out. It's called, like, based on that book, it was sort of how to uh, seduce, uh, you know, for... Straight men how to seduce women. Is that the art of seduction? Uh, it's based on that, but it's called the game. It was uh, sort of I don't know if you, uh, this, it was sort of chronicling these this pickup artist community that he was a oh, part okay. of. But yeah, then actually, he sort of grew up, and he has a new book called The Truth, and it's more about intimacy and relationships. And he wrote this article that I read about how he he went to some cuddling workshop and he took uh, MDMA ecstasy. As part of the experience, <laughs> prior to going to the workshop, I was wondering what you would uh, what you would think about that. Well, I mean, ecstasy has been used for relationship issues for uh, since the seventies, I believe, seventies yeah. or eighties. And uh, I, th- I think I read an article recently that in California they're they're legalizing again to uh, as a as a medicinal uh, therapy. Right. Um, but I mean, well, to, take to a do drug. research on it, it's not. It's still, uh, yeah. unfortunately, it's a Schedule One drug uh, by the um, by the feds, and it's, that, that means it's not considered to have any uh, uh, medical uh, value. But they're trying to change the status of it with doing studies to show that it's very uh, effective, like with uh, like you said, with intimacy and even PTSD in veterans. Yeah. Um, so the amazing thing about ecstasy is that it basically 
destroys the ego for a temporary time. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to speak your truth, like how you've been feeling, like without filtering the words that you want to say and being in a very loving way. Um, but taking it prior to a workshop, I don't really would, I would not re- recommend it um, just because no one else is, is taking the same thing as you, so you're going to be on your own level. Right. Uh, maybe if other people did it with you and you did like some type of private workshop type of thing like that, that would be awesome. But um, for my workshops, I usually provide kava, which is a stress reliever and an antidepressant uh, for people who are having some type of anxiety before the workshop itself. Um, and kava is an amazing tool for that. Well, um, any uh, any thoughts particularly about, like I said, about leading up to uh, this workshop tonight that you're going to bring to it that's uh, new? Um, no, I'm not adding anything new. I'm going to be actually condensing, maybe taking out one or two other exercises uh, that were in the previous one on Tuesday because I have to condense it into two hours as opposed to it being three hours now. Um, and I, I don't like condensing things because I want people to experience the full the full range of it, but um, I have to accommodate the, the studio owner for that. But it's going to be an amazing experience. So far we have about 22 people that are, are going to be coming. Um, and uh, I look forward to supporting and holding space for those who attend. Um, it's it's my honor to do so because I know how it feels. I know how it feels to not not feel the sensation of being wanted, of being loved, of being a, a, um, cared cared for in a way. Um, but the more and more you go through these emotions, you realize that you're always whole and complete. And these are just tools to teach you how powerful and how how full of love you truly are. Um, but it's a process. It, it takes. It takes time. This has taken me a period of two years to get to the point I'm at now. And that's true work, huge work of, of owning owning and accepting different uh, different aspects of myself that I didn't want to accept. Can you talk a little bit about what, what was the part of your yourself that you didn't want to accept? Um, well, from, for a good five years, I used to hold a huge resentment towards women. Uh, because of what one woman did to me, and uh, she cheated on me when I was uh, when I was 21, the first love. So I held resentment towards women, and I used to read a lot of books and pickup artists on how to seduce women. Oh, so then you are of, probably familiar with uh, like the uh, um, like the Neil uh, Neil Strauss. I would think you would. Uh, yeah, the game was the uh, his um, his book and the uh, mystery and all those guys. Yeah, so I would I would read books on that, and uh, I mean it's funny enough is that. That stuff actually works, but it only works because the people who you're doing it to feel that they're not worthy enough of, of better. And right. It's so it's it works in that vibration. But once you understand what you're doing is you're only hurting yourself when you do this because you're right. essentially running away from a feeling that you don't want to feel. So you're distracting yourself from the feeling. Um, well, it's also it's not it's not really helpful to build a really. Uh, you know, long-term um, connected relationship. It's, it's uh, it works up to a certain point. I, I mean, I would, would say. Yeah. So I had to accept that portion of myself that I used to be uh, a manipulative person. I used to want to distract myself with women and and not want to truly feel what I what I was supposed to feel when that woman uh, cheated on me. 
which I realized I created for myself to be the per- the version that I am now. And uh, I would never trade any of the feelings that I went through. I mean, I, I went through a period where I was a, I was suicidal for a time too because uh, I never actually like did anything with it, but I had the thoughts of it. Right. And, uh, because I didn't want to go forward. I was like, no, I don't want to, every, every woman's going to be like this. I don't want to have to go through this again. Screw that. I'm not doing this. Did you ever, um, uh, did you ever try antidepressants or, uh, stuff like that? Uh, no, I've never taken any antidepressants. I've gone through everything on my own because I've, I've never taken any medication. Um, I feel that everything can be healed internally. Right. And I've, I felt that way even when I was going through that stuff, like when I, when I was 21 even before I started holistic healing and, and all that. Uh, there's just something about it that I didn't trust uh, right. because your body literally is a unique machine that can heal everything. Your, the only illnesses that you create are the ones that you create in your mind by not addressing the feeling, not addressing the emotion. Uh, what was oh, yeah, I know what I was thinking about. Uh, I, I noticed you were... Um you were doing a, you were doing some work at the Okeechobee Festival. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, yeah, the Okeechobee Music Festival is March 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th, I believe. Um, it's going to be huge. There's a, huge, a bunch of headliners there. Uh, you can you just Google it. Um, I'm going to be teaching uh, two workshops there. One of them is going to be I Love You Water, uh, sound, an I Love You Water ceremony and sound healing, which um, I do a lot of work with water based on Dr. Masuro Emoto's work, which essentially shows and proves that when you apply intention into water, you change the molecular structure of the water. So then when you drink the water, it affects the body uh, that much more powerful. So like if you have a container of water and you, you give the emotion of love to the water and then you drink that, you're giving that love back to yourself. Um, so he showed that with a microscope, uh, taking a photo of, a, of the water molecule while it's frozen and doing different things like sending the emotion of hate, sending different emotions, sadness, uh, playing different music, showing different pictures to the water. Uh, and he showed that water has memory and it stores information. Um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about water and then doing the sound healing um, on one of the days. And then the other day I'm going to be teaching how to have an out-of-body experience or astral traveling without the use of drugs. So I'm going to be using an herb called the uh, mugwort, which is essentially a tea uh, mugwort is amazing for lucid dreaming um, and uh, and facilitating an out-of-body experience because it, it puts the, the body in a uh, kind of like a sleep-like state, and, but it keeps the mind awake and alert, which is essentially what you want when you create this type of environment. Have you ever done any work with uh, holotropic breathing? Uh, no, I have not. Are you familiar with it? Have you heard of it? Uh, I am familiar with it. I think it might be similar to shamanic breath work. Uh-huh. Is that the breath work that you practice? Yeah. Uh, it's a very simple breath work. Is you just inhale through the mouth and out through the mouth, but you make a, a ring with your mouth, like a circle. Mm-hmm. So you you stay in your bed and you do that, and you don't, you don't pause between the breaths. So you sit, uh, set a timer for like 30 minutes. And after 30 minutes, maybe like even 15 minutes in, you're going to start to feel teeny sensations all throughout your body. And this is a sensation of how powerful your being really is. Like, you're only really feeling about 10% of how energetic, how powerful your energetic body, body is. Because we filter out all those other things. Because if we, if we truly felt all of that, it would kind of overload our brain. 
um, but when you inhale and do those breath works, you start to feel a por- more uh, more aspects of how powerful the energetic body feels. All right. Well, thanks a lot for joining me on this uh, this conversation today, David. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you just maybe want to talk, um, any final uh, remarks? Um, could I promote my website? Yeah, sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, you can check out my website and different uh, healing services that I provide. Uh, it's thewatermagister.com. That's uh, M-A-G-I-S-T-E-R, Magister. Um, I have a new project coming up with water where I'm going to be getting funded by a nonprofit organization. And essentially, I'm going to be creating a structured, uh, conscious structured water uh, bottle water company. Um, where each bottle has a crystal in it, um, and each bottle has a certain frequencies played to it. So I'm going to be providing this to the masses, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing to support healing in that way. Because um, I've already seen the how powerful water can be from the different workshops that I've done just with water, and similar to how the cuddling workshop, uh, the connection workshop has been, I've gotten the same feedback with the water workshops that I've done too. So make sure you say thank you to the water and that you love the water because you are 70 to 80% water. Is that, uh, that's all? Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I do, um, I do private consultations, private, private sessions, uh, with Reiki. I teach yoga, meditation if you're ever interested. Um, I'm not sure if I'm able to leave my phone number on here too. Is that? Sure. Well, yeah. Okay. My phone number is 786-325-5362. And you can feel free to contact me whenever you like. Um, I'd like to uh, support any of you who are going through any type of trauma and you're not sure how to feel the actual emotion that is uh, communicating to you. And understand that you're, you're never a victim in anything that you've experienced, that you created everything that you experienced because you want it to be the best version of yourself you can possibly be. All right, well, namaste, David. Namaste, brother. You have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.